What's up, everybody? This is Ogilvy Straight. This is the 64th Experimentalist Podcast. And this episode has the potential to be pretty long-winded, possibly ending in a complete major meltdown, a frustratingly embarrassing turn of events could happen by the end. The reason that I say that is um, I may attempt to sing a song at the end. The song is way higher than the range that I can sing and uh, that's assuming that I can sing which at this point is not likely so anyway um let's check out this little groove that is kicking in the meantime and maybe take a moment to enjoy yourself sit back listen to these notes the bass the trebly drums and the keys.
of my time than to do these podcasts. So... That could be why it's tough to really get into them. Um, I kind of had a different idea for this show, at least the the music for it. Um, It hasn't quite reached the part yet, but I kind of wanted to just try playing more piano um maybe some less loops and actually just mess around with getting in and out of different david bowie songs just while playing the piano so there's there's a few moments that come through where there might be little hints of some different david bowie songs probably songs along the line of ashes to ashes changes a little bit i don't know a couple different things show up you have to keep an ear out for it if you like david bowie stuff um but yeah back at doing these uh podcasts after practicing for a little while um, heavy on the Bowie material and still have a lot more work to do. That's the thing I was realizing today, just kind of running through an improv of playing David Bowie stuff. And so I'm going to kind of run through this episode real fast and, uh, get back to the practicing. But in the meantime, this. 
wow, that was really awesome. I meant to start up this whole section with a joke. Uh, this idea of... <laughs> I wanted to come back from that break and just praise myself. I wanted to go off for like two or three minutes gone. That was some touching, touching music right there. That kind of put me at ease. It made it much easier for me to sit back and think. And then the things that I did think about were so pleasant. Just beautiful thoughts about where I'm going, where I've been. All the possibilities. And every single one of them seems right. And that music just captured the essence of that. It makes it feel like life is really worth living. You know, and I was just going to start the whole, this whole kind of lagging middle period where the music's kind of way low and all that stuff. I was just going to start with that. I thought it'd be funny, but I said, I think, well, that was grand or something like that. I forget how I came in and that's all I could do. I couldn't really go off, so... Um, this episode's gonna be real long, unfortunately, and the reason I say that is it's gotta be like 15 degrees or so outside, and when I record this portion where I'm talking over top of the music, I have to turn the air off. I probably bitch about that all the time on this show. Because I mean this to be... I mean for the show to mostly just be a document. Um, something that I personally could go back and look at or listen to 15 years from now. Just... And see if it would trigger memories. So... Sometimes it may be, well, it's always very one-sided. Like if I'm put, if I'm doing this show and my audience is myself 15 years from now, it's hard for me to get a lot of feedback from my audience. So that makes doing 
the program kind of difficult. And, well, not difficult, just challenging. And they're not the same thing. Challenges can definitely be difficult, but things being difficult doesn't necessarily mean it's challenging. And I appreciate a good challenge. I mean, who doesn't? As long as the challenge is able to be overcome. If you're facing a difficult challenge and you're looking at it going like, I don't even see a way I can get through this thing. That challenge becomes so frustrating because you don't even know why you're facing it in the first place. Are you doing it to impress other people? Are you doing it because you can't think of anything better to do? gonna bring the music up here just for a minute because I realized I don't have anything to drink so I'm gonna run grab something and then we'll see who is sponsoring episode 64 of the experimentalist podcast be right back
Alright, so I'm back. And I'm happy to say I've got myself a Green Flash Handshake IPA. I love Green Flash. I've, I went there and visited in San Diego. And I loved it for a couple different reasons, I think. One, it was the very last brewery we went to on a full day trip of driving or being driven around the coastal area of San Diego and visiting countless breweries. There's these things going, I believe, up the coastline. Uh, every major town has what's called a pizza port. And it seems like it's a chain, but each individual one up and down the coast brews its own beer. And so you can just ride up the coast and go to all the pizza ports and try out each individual place's beer. It's pretty sweet. But we went to Green Flash after doing all that. And it is unique. If you compare it to Stone Brewery, when you go into Stone, it is insanely structured and built and it's huge and it has a restaurant with huge glass windows and you can see the whole brewery aspect taking place behind these glass windows but there's no smell of being in a brewery and green flash on the other hand you walk in there and it can be a shock to the senses when you start getting a whiff of what's going on in there but they're doing they're making good things so um anyway so i'm feeling very fortunate to be sipping on a green flash handshake ipa
if this doing these episodes is actually meant to be some form of communication with myself 15 years in the future you gotta wonder if this audio will still even exist 15 years from now I have a tough time believing that I have um, I recently was putting together a new bookshelf and transferring old books to the new bookshelf and I found some old journals that I wrote more than 10 years ago and these are like 90 page spiral bound you know note like college rule notebooks and it's just all this crazy rambling stuff in there and I kind of put on my to-do list that at some point I gotta go back through those notebooks and just read them just to see what the hell I was talking about because I did look through a few pages just randomly and everything that was written there was sort of seemed like some sort of code like almost almost like thinking if I find these notebooks in the future I'll read them and be able to tell like I'm, I'll be able to decipher these codes because they're like inside jokes and just stupid games of spelling words incorrectly and I can look at it and know that that I did that for a reason but it's so long ago that I don't remember how to break the code and those are things that I actually found. I have a feeling like the uh, the audio, this digital audio, is going to disappear who knows when. We won't have any way of getting it back.
lost my train of thought. I started thinking about David Bowie. Um, getting the opportunity to play a uh, cancer research charity event inspired by uh, David Bowie losing the battle to cancer. So we're, um, yeah, we're playing a show in the middle of February, probably in the middle of a snowstorm, but getting together, playing a bunch of David Bowie material and donating, you know, a portion of the door to the Massey Cancer Foundation. It feels awesome to be involved in something like that. It's make, making me think of doing this thing too where I'm trying to organize something where people can buy my album and if you buy that, it will go into that Massey Cancer Foundation fund as well. But I don't really know how to do that. Well, I could just put it out there. If anybody buys Experimentalist 2 between now and the show on February 5th, I'll donate that money to the Massey Cancer Fund. I don't know if anybody's going to buy it. I'll probably put it out on Facebook or something. But... Hey, I'm gonna throw that out there. That'll be fun. Buy the Experimentalist 2 and help figure out how to cure cancer.
All right, everybody, I gotta bring this down here, try to wrap it up here in the next couple minutes because I've got this embarrassing song coming up next. Um, and I wanna point out why it's embarrassing when you listen to it, if you do, and this means you, 15 years in the future, me, if you listen to it and it sounds terrible, that's fine. It's kind of to point out how phenomenal of a job Will Gorman does in Life on Mars. Life on Mars. Anyway, so that is going to be it. This is the end portion of session 64 of the Experimentalist podcast with Ogilvy Straight. Now, there is going to be an extra five minutes here at the end, which is the song Life on Mars, performed by me and sung by me. And the song is very high and... It's tough to sing a song when it's that high. There's just a lot of challenges to it that it would take a lifetime to go into. But the the whole point is, you know, you see people sing, you see people play, it really is a lot harder than it looks. When you get a good front man that you're captivated by, that dude or chick, they're putting a lot of work into that. So, make sure somehow you let them know that you appreciate it.